going back to those misconceptions, you know, like you'll see people like Kyle, for example, mentioning, you know, like the first hundred thousand took, you know, this long, and then the next hundred thousand took, you know, half as long. The next hundred thousand took even half of that. So then eventually, you start seeing that if you've built the right habits and you've learned the hard lessons, you know, like back then when I lost hundred fifty thousand dollars, I was like, man, that I don't know how I'm gonna come back from this but at the same time i felt like you know if i'm a career trader if that's my goal to be a career trader then 150,000 might be like one of the smallest uh concerns that i have in the future because i that might be a daily thing that might be a monthly thing who knows you're listening to the steady trade podcast a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Well, welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everybody. Today, it is Stephen Johnson and I, and we are very, very fortunate to get to interview the one and only Brian Lee. I'm going to tell you a little about his formal bio, but if any trader is watching this, you guys already probably know who he is. So we're very honored to have you here, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Brian is an independent full-time trader. He focuses on the short side of small caps. He's well over seven figures in profits to date, but that has not been an easy journey by any means. Uh, in 2018, Brian suffered a devastating blow up where he lost all of his profits, totaling almost $150,000. From that point forward, Brian reset his career hell bent on risk management. It's his number one priority, and he's a major advocate for all things risk-related, specifically the concept of risk. He's shared many of his trials and tribulations through social media, on his blogs. If you guys don't know about his blog, you've got to sign up for it. You've got to sign up for his YouTube channel, uh, his whole entire journey. Uh, it, he's very forthright and honest and humble about what has happened to him, uh, sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and he's also done an incredible interview with Chat with Traders and also with Confessions of a Market Maker, Ray and JJ, who we've had on this podcast. Uh, aside from being a trader, Brian was also a former professional gamer. He led North America to compete amongst the best teams in the world, which can only really be described as the Super Bowl of esports, uh, and his passion for competition, self-improvement, and striving uh, for success has led him into the world of trading, where he now puts all his focus. And what is not included in his bio that I want to just add on, his uh, desire to be a contribution to other traders is just massive. And that is one of the things I admire the most about you, Brian, is how much you want to give back. So thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> thank you, Kim. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a good thing just to, to touch on the on the big loss straight away, because the most the most poignant thing that I that I came across when I was researching you was, was it the double, what? What and KRTX were the were they one or two of the tickers which we didn't manage risk back in the day? Yeah, Watt was one of them. Um, I don't think KRTX, but definitely Watt. I remember that one. It's burned in my mind. 
Do you want to do you want to talk us through that? Because what the what what I've really realized is I was three to four years in, started turning profits, started trading well. And the one thing that I mean, I, I I'd heard cut losses quickly and stuff like that, but one thing no other traders talk about, and you're dead right in saying it in other interviews, is no other traders talk about risk management. And it's like the most yeah. important thing. So if you just want to talk us through kind of what and 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 what you've done since then to prevent it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the short story is that I implemented a max loss and that was through my broker. So luckily, whenever I breached that max loss that I set beforehand, they kind of stopped me and let me kind of analyze the situation and be like, wait, I need to slow down or I just need to walk away. Um, back then when I was trading, literally nobody mentioned having the max loss with the broker. Like they said, you have a, you can have like a mental stop loss. You can have a, you know, whatever for the day. But I found that, you know, once you kind of lose control of your emotions, it's so hard to just not try to revenge trade. And, you know, one thing that I try to say to give hope to other people is that like, I'm not really that much different today than I was all those years ago when I blew up. It's just a matter of that. Like I found out systems and like ways to protect myself from disaster. Like it's super easy for me today, even still to just want to revenge trade, have those emotions about wanting to fight the, the stock. And that was a big reason why I suffered big losses. And Another, another thing that I don't really mention that often is that not many people were helping people who were actually coming up in the game and like, what are the actual struggles you have when you actually find success? So like, I was really consistent for that year and I was growing steadily, steadily compending my accounts. And eventually I started getting too big on size and um, I started getting uncomfortable with the liquidity. I started getting comfortable with the slippage with the numbers that I was seeing, just thinking to myself, like, man, if I take a loss in this trade, I'm going to lose a week of trading. I'm going to lose a month, six months. And, you know, the list goes on and on if you think that you have cushion. So for me, like, I just flew too close to the sun, so to to speak. I just kept growing and growing and growing. And I didn't take a pause to kind of like allow myself to really understand like what I was doing. Now, what I kind of suggest to people these days is that, you know, compounding is one of the best ways to grow your account hands down. And I always recommend it, but kind of an updated nuance to that these days that I suggest is that you should compound to a level where you feel uncomfortable and just sit at that for a while. Like you don't have to raise your risk so quickly and just like gun it to the next, you know, milestone. Like, you know, if you're, if you're risking like a thousand dollars today, and then you're risking $10,000 in like a month, like it's going to have a really huge impact on you. And one of the things about it is kind of the identity of the situation. You want to be able to number one, take every loss at your stop loss and hundred percent accept it. You have to be able to be like, you know, like I know this money is a small percentage of my account. I'm comfortable with it. I see these numbers all the time. Not only that, but you also need to be able to say like, when I'm wiring money into my actual bank account, not my, you know, trading account, which is almost like a video game. Like I'm used to seeing these numbers, like, you know, uh, a lot of times people keep all their money in their account. And then as far as I'm concerned, that's money that you can lose. Once you start wiring that money out and translating that into your real life, like, you know, taking care of yourself or buying things or just, you know, all your daily expenses and just start being like, that is me. That's, that's the level I'm at now and accepting that that's like the time that you can start moving on. But I think it's just so difficult for people because they see other traders just killing it on social media and they just want to figure out how to get from A to Z 
as quickly as possible, but like you have no idea what you don't know on the way there. And if you manage to, you know, get to a, a really high amount of risk, but you don't, you haven't learned yet those lessons that come with maturing as a trader, you're going to lose so much money just with those mistakes and have these emotional draw drawbacks that like really pull you into the gutter. And like, at that point, it's so difficult to climb out of that. Yeah, no, I mean, just, just one thing that totally really, I, I mean, this interview couldn't have come at a better time because it completely relates to a situation I'm going through as well. When you make the first 50, like when you make your first 50,000, you don't want to let any of that go. I think right? and you like, but when you go 2000 down, you, 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 you cut that loss. You're like, Oh my God, it's $2,000. And, but then somewhere along the line between going from 50,000 to a hundred thousand up, it's just like risk stopped mattering yet. It should have mattered more than ever because I was just thinking, well, if I lose 10 grand, I'm, I'm still up 70 or I'm still up 60 and somewhere <laughs> along the line, it, it, the, the numbers go out of control. And, and that's recently what's happened to me. And that's why I've sized way back down because I'm thinking I, I can't handle this anymore. It, I'm out of control. I'm being a psychopath in the markets. Yeah. You know, and I know that the last two months, like in small caps have been really honestly very difficult and, you know, people who make it out of that, um, you know, it's an honorable feat. Like it, it has been really difficult, even for the traders that I know, like people who are really, really good at trading. Um, it's just been so difficult. And one of the things that I experienced is that I actually went through a bit of a drawdown as well. And, uh, I think that the main thing that I learned from that, which is something I haven't shared yet. So this is new is that, um, I do believe that you have to size down during those times. Um, one thing that I do that I stopped doing for a long time was, uh, compounding my account. So usually I would increase my risk or decrease it based on the PNL, but like, I've been kind of freezing and holding at a certain risk level um, for quite some time. But uh, what happens is when you, when you don't adjust your risk, when things are just going sour, you just start hemorrhaging really quickly. I think what would have been more appropriate at that time, like when I started seeing signs of just like, this is not working is start compounding in reverse. So like yeah. not let myself increase, um, just keep decreasing the risk per day based on the account value so that I can mitigate the loss. And then the thing that I've been doing these days to like uh, recapture and recoup all my drawdown is to then compound up again and just start that process. And the, the thing about compounding, which is really amazing is that um, when you're doing badly, you're gonna size down and it's gonna give you more options, more chances to play the market. And then when you start getting some momentum, like you start seeing that each day and then it's motivating to see like, okay, now today I can risk a little bit more because I had a good day before. And then eventually, you know, like the market's in cycles. So as the market's getting hotter for your strategy, you're actually going to be able to recoup those losses quicker because you allowed yourself to size down when it wasn't working. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I'll, I'll let Kim jump in. I'm not sure if she's going to jump in, but a, a recent system that I've kind of implemented is for discipline as well. It's, if you start breaking rules, whether it's adding to a loser, adding size that's outside of your initial risk, or taking a trade that wasn't part of the plan, if I do that three times in a month, I'll force myself to go down to 3K max size per trade. And then I'll have to work up to 4K, 5K, 6K. And it's that's it's that's the kind of system that I find is the only way to avoid big losses. <laughs> 
it's sorry before kim goes um i like i had a really bad month uh last year and the one and i kept racking my brain every day like oh, what can i do better what can i do better um this market's out to get me but like when i really reviewed it and like dug deep in i was like it was so simple just like i was just executing poorly it was all the times that i added to a loser i didn't respect my stop loss all of those mistakes were the entire reason i was red to begin with because had I not made any of those mistakes and just executed to my plan, then I would be around break even or just a small red. Instead, I just let it kind of balloon. And so like, I always try to remind myself like the days where you start getting out of control, those, these are the days you're going to regret the most. Yeah. And sometimes I don't like, sometimes I have a hot streak and I just like forget, but <laughs> every time it happens to me, I, I remember right away and I try to like hold on to that feeling. And I feel like it's hard for traders to like always <laughs> be disciplined and you're going to always like come back to it. But um, just like analyzing that and just knowing that is a is a fact that's really important you know i think i'm i feel as though the both of you have a level of experience because you've both been at it for so long but to the brand new traders who are listening to us what is it that you would say are probably the things that you didn't expect coming in as a new trader, especially because you came from gaming, were there, were there certain things that shocked you or really took you by surprise? And you can answer this too, Steve, and after Brian does. Yeah, I, I thought that trading was gonna be something that I literally wake up um, 30 minutes before to open and trade for five minutes and like make a really good living. Um, the first thing that hit me, uh, specifically with shorting is that the fees are just out of control and like you can win like all you want, but if you can't recoup the fees and also the losses, it's just a really difficult game and that you kind of have to play around the fact that like everyone wants your money, like the market wants your money, your brokers want your money. In fact, that, you know, they're incentivized to allow you to trade as much as you want. And, uh, of course, like. If you're on the short side, you have to pay for all these locates. And depending on the day, depending on the stock, it could be really, really expensive. So um, I realized that what I was practicing, like paper trading, was just simply not going to work in reality because uh, you're just hemorrhaging money. And it's a, it's a totally different game to be played, which I later found out, which is about um, just having a really good relationship to risk reward and just knowing that like, you need to kind of have a much larger win than you have your like a you know small loss, so that um, over the long run you actually are profitable despite not winning every single trade. And I think that like really helped uh, my mind and just kind of like putting it uh, more into the poker mentality, where they're all about bankroll management and betting when you know the iron is hot, um, versus like my initial perception, which is that I was just going to win like. 90% of the time, every trade was going to be like so fast, uh, you know, that it didn't really work out for me. No, like no matter how much uh, esteem I had as a gamer thinking I could be quick, like all the scalpers. Yeah, no. And, and, um, I think for me is, um, there's so many like wannabe short sellers who will easily be profitable for a month or two months. And, and it's almost <clears throat> the more you practice bad habits, um, the better you can think that you are as a short seller until that big loss comes. Because I think what happens with shorts and especially like shorts who are newer 
and it happens to me even now is you'll make money for a month or two months then you'll find that if you practice bad habits you can make even more <laughs> and then you lose it all in one day and and um and it, so my answer is kind of the same as brian this it's the absolute necessity to have risk management because you just you get rewarded for doing the wrong thing and you make more and more and more but that that encourages you to trade even worse and then you have a catastrophic day so it's yeah. it's yeah. the importance of risk yeah yeah what what do you feel brian you keep like because you're so generous with your time do you feel that all the questions that are asked of you by new traders what are the ones that drive you crazy uh well i mean this is not like i know what you're trying to ask but like the thing that drives me crazy is when people ask something that i've explained a million times um but i know what you're asking is basically like what is the common question that like the misconception people have i think it is like people want to get from a to z real quick and i think that i get so many messages where people are like hey i've been consistent for a year and like i'm not happy with my results i feel like i should be here. Uh, I should be much further along in my journey. And like, I always try to reiterate that trading is not something you can get down in a year. Like it, some of the most successful traders I know um, have taken at least three years of just like a huge concerted effort every single day, the full focus. Like, you know, if you have a, if you have a, a job on the side, it could take even longer because like you can't completely dedicate yourself to the market, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. And, you know, notable people in that category, like people like Jack Kellogg, you know, you see where he is today. Um, we were in the same boat many years ago. And in fact, like we used to just talk to each other as beginners. And it's like, you know, he didn't, he didn't just take off. Like if you look at his journey and you look at his properly, he had like hundred dollars here, hundred dollars here, hundred dollars here, but he would consistently put up really amazing months. And he showed me that, you know, um, the power of just letting those wins add up versus the thing that you see all the time, which is like X trader makes huge amount of money on one single trade. And that's it. Like it's more about that creating that consistency so that once you do size up, like you will be able to capitalize on your skills. So I think that like people who believe that in the first year, they're going to just make it are kind of foolish. Like the first year is all about just kind of discovering what, what the market is. You might, you know, uh, there was a guy who I've been talking to uh, who wants to start trading and he's been studying for a year and he uh, tweeted today actually that like he got in first day on the on his broker and he fat fingered, you know, like, or he didn't know where X button was on his broker. And there's like all these things you just have to learn, you know, like these are things that are kind of intangible. Like you think that it's so intellectual that I master trading because I know how to do this. I know this strategy, whatever. But there are so many things that are going to, like really hits you in the head. Like you could have a power outage, your internet could go out. Um, you have to know what you will do in all these different disaster scenarios. And as well as you need to also be able to kind of like see the charts um, intuitively and even the level two. And you just, and those are things that you have to develop over time. First year, if you're, if you're even green the first year, that's like amazing because most people are deep red. And then the second year, generally you've start to notice patterns like, oh, I'm really much better at this and that. And if ideally, if you use like TraderView or something, or you have some way of tracking, like what are my setups, then you can start focusing on the ones that you historically have good results on. And then once you've 
hone in on that and you just practice consistency, then generally you're start, you'll start to be able to size up slowly and then turning that into something that actually, you know, benefits you. But like, just because you're consistent, you, it could be complete luck. There are so many different market cycles that you have yet to experience. And even, even uh, if you started in, let's say 2020, the environment of the COVID era is just so ridiculous. And there were almost no slow periods at all. So the first time in 2021, once things started getting slow, people were freaking out. And they, I was getting so many messages like, Brian, is this dead? What's going on? You know, like I, my strategy used to work. I used to be able to buy every breakout. I used to be, you know, there was always like a 50% gapper, 100% gapper, you know, like that is the immaturity that comes with just the fact that you haven't put the time in to experience the market and understand like what are the seasons and everything like that. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, I remember someone, another trader said, said to me, once you've survived a full year of market cycles, and you've learned how to trade them all and if you can be profitable throughout every cycle then then there's a good chance maybe in the future you'll be able to do it full time but what i was curious is what what was the first kind of pattern that clicked for you and and how did you discover it so the i think the gap and crop gap and crap oh, no it's so yeah, like that's like it, because uh the reason why i discovered it is because i used to be long biased Same. and like that's yeah, the yeah. yeah you know like you buy every day and you're like why is everything dying all the time <laughs> right yeah um, and of course you're in the worst stocks possible because you want those huge percentage gains you're like in the small caps and like one day i just realized that i was just kind of like i was cheating myself because i wanted to be long biased because it seemed easier so like when you start you're so attached to the easy like you don't need to read fundamentals you can trade in three minutes every day or you can be out of here in five minutes and just make a thousand bucks and you do that every day and you're going to be you're going to be amazing uh you don't have to know any charting patterns you just have to know this and that and so like you go in the market and you try to execute that and then all of a sudden you know uh you hear other people saying like oh with a short if you want a short you need a specialized broker you need a specific amount of money to start doing it um and I was like, man, that's so complicated. I'd rather just go the easiest way. But once I realized like, if, if I want to take this seriously and I'm just hemorrhaging money every day, really, uh, I need to give myself the best opportunity. So instead of like having this like $5 chat room, I tried to pay for education. I mean, the guy I paid for was a scam, but uh, luckily I met other people who were like-minded to me. So that helped a lot. But, um, you know, I just started investing in the best tools for myself so that getting uh, software. So I actually did have stocks to trade at the beginning uh, for a year. And I, and uh, that was really helpful for finding like what was moving and everything like that. And then I, you know, put all my money into the right brokers. Um, and, like, I, you know, I just did everything that I could to put myself in the best position possible. So there's no excuses anymore because when you're long biased, you're like, well, I cannot short. So this is all I can do. And then when you're at a certain broker, like I was at interactive brokers trying to short, it's like uh, it's nightmare. It's ETB one day, it's not ETB the, other, the next day. So you're like, yeah. am I even a short seller? Like, yeah. I can only short what other people are like, going to oh, do. And the thing, yeah. or you're shorting at seven thirty because if you don't short at seven thirty, yeah. the shares run out, and then you get squeezed all the way up because you're early. I've I've had these problems with IV. Exactly. So I mean, it's uh, it. It was a little bit of that, but like the main thing I would say is, and I kind of alluded to before is like, 
I went, I bought into a pretty expensive chat room because I was like, I'm going all in. And um, I asked in the chat, like, hey, you guys, uh, does anyone want to team up? Like, I'm looking for somebody who's serious like me. Like, I'm going at this. And I met my first friend in trading. And then, like, slowly we started expanding group with his friends, with people I've met. And we started, like, focusing on the patterns. And that was, like, probably the most uh, beneficial thing for me, just, like, being able to bounce off my peers, especially at the same level and, like, the same desire to succeed. Are you still showing those gap craps? Do you see MNOV today? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. And today's June 21st, 2021, in case anybody's wanting to know exactly where mm -hmm. they're coming from. Do you feel that your being a professional gamer served you or hindered you? Uh, it did, it, it, in the technical sense, not really. I know that's a really huge misconception from people because they always assume like one person has that it thing and then they don't have it so then it's an excuse for themselves but in reality you know it's not really about speed or precision for me I actually am pretty uh, laid back with my trading um, the thing that what helped me the most was having success in something that was also quite difficult so mm -hmm. I could rely on that as an indicator like you know you did something where only like 0.01% of people can achieve and you did it in a specific way. So I applied the same mentality to trading, which allowed me to kind of like uh, have the belief in myself, especially when things are tough. Um, the other thing that's really, really useful actually is just the idea of efficiency. So like in gaming, you know, the less, the more you can do with less uh, keystrokes or hockeys that helps tremendously because it's a split second kind of decision making um but in trading like you know i've been able to kind of create systems for myself and hawking combinations that i just like code myself just tinker with here and there that can kind of do the things that maybe would take 30 seconds in like a second so for me like having that mindset helps just make trading easier um, and simpler so that I have more time to focus on like what the action unfolding is. The mental uh, application of you saying, okay, I know being a professional gamer, that was hard and I was dedicated to that hard work. Just walk us through what that, what is easy, easily to translate over to trading. Like there were specific steps that you held to, what, what were those? Yeah, so what really helps is when you define what you want and put it under a time parameter. Mm. Um, in gaming, like you, we had to make a certain deadline to qualify for a certain tournament. Uh, in trading, what I find might help people is if you say like, you know, especially if you're trying to convince your parents, for example, say, hey, you know, let me have a year to give this my all. And you hear that recurring in some different stories, even like Tim Gritani, right? For example, one of the best. Yeah. Um, you, it, it makes it more serious. It gives you uh, more impetus behind your back so that you're putting everything you have into it. And you're allowing yourself to put other things to the side because you really want to go for something. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is having it like consume uh, your life. So like, 
when I'm in the shower, I'm thinking about it when I'm waking up, I'm, you know, every, every meal that I'm having, I'm just thinking about trading and like how to improve. And eventually, you know, like that's one way to live and you're, you're listening to audiobooks when you're working out or you're driving, whatever like that webinars, videos, um, speed reading books, uh, all these things that you can be doing, you will be doing once you put like a time parameter on it and, uh, letting those ideas and letting those things compound on, on themselves is really good. Um, but for me, I would say like the biggest thing is just having a long-term outlook. So in that way you view every failure and every setback as a lesson to be learned from rather than like a crippling kind of emotional debacle. So like, <laughs> yeah. So if you, cause here's the thing. So when, when I was, uh, trying to compete for this uh, very large tournament. I mean, the prize pool was a million dollars back then. Now it's like 25, 30 million for first place. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, even once I was invited officially, so there was no chance I was gonna not go. Uh, even throughout, I felt always that I want to give up or that things were getting really difficult and it was overwhelming. But the thing that I always try to remind myself and my team is like, you know, it's not about who we are today. It's about who we will be when we get there. And these are all lessons that we will need to learn. We'd rather suffer these losses now and learn from it than make those mistakes when it actually matters. And just like, if you can frame every kind of defeat as a learning lesson, then I really feel like that's the most like mature way to approach um, anything as difficult as trading is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think only some, only certain people have that mindset as well, because like, I'll, I'll be sitting in the pub with some friends and they'll be like, they'll be like, Johnson, did you really just lose like $18,000 the other week? Did you actually lose $18,000? Like, yep. Yeah. Like, do you not feel physically sick? And I'm like, not, not really because like I'm still up a bunch of money and now losing that money means I'm one step closer to like making a million. It's like, if I didn't lose that money, I would never have this lesson. I'd never be a step closer. And maybe I'm delusional, but like big picture, it's a good thing because you're moving forward, right? Or am I delusional? No, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Cause going back to those misconceptions, you know, like you'll see people like Kyle, for example, mentioning, you know, like the first hundred thousand took, you know, this long. And then the next hundred thousand took, you know, half as long, the next hundred thousand took even half of that. So then eventually you start seeing that if you've built the right habits and you've learned the hard lessons, you know, like back then when I lost $150,000, I was like, man, that I don't know how I'm going to come back <laughs> from this. But at the same time, I felt like, you know, if I'm a career trader, if that's my goal to be a career trader, then 150,000 might be like one of the smallest uh, concerns that I have in the future, because I, that might be a daily thing. That might be a monthly thing, who knows? And that is truly how it is for trading. I mean, like, in the in February, I think of this year, I already I already made what I did in a full year last year, and I don't expect that to happen. It's just kind of the natural way of things, and I think that most people who that happens to, uh, their main focus is really just on on the process and just uh, being the best they can be. I don't think that a lot of them were aiming for that necessarily. They just kind of had the right mental makeup and the right tools and the right ideas to just allow that to happen naturally. And it, it does happen for everybody really. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely nailing that process down though, and and uh, like is for, for you is the because I know I've got specific processes for specific patterns, and I'll I'll play longs a specific way, I'll play shorts a specific way, but then based on how a short will work out, like say for a gap and crap, if it if it has this much volume, I'll play it like this, and if it has less volume but this resistance, I'll play it like that. I, I, are you in a similar? Do you have similar systems or? Um, I tr so I keep it simple myself, which is kind of that thing where I try to trade everything very similarly. And if it's not the same, then I'll just filter it out. Um, just because that way I am not like constantly doubting myself if I made a mistake in another play and kind of like combine the two and just kind of treat it the same. So, uh, you know, like if everyone goes through this where like they have a good streak and then they start like branching out. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for me, the most part, it doesn't work. So I'm all I'm consistently reminded that whenever I like go out of my wheelhouse, uh, I need to just eliminate that once it gets too severe in terms of like, <laughs> like what am I actually doing here? And uh, the way that I see it actually now is it's, and you'll hear a lot of people say this eventually is like, it's a little bit better. I feel like um, for your mental just to go a little bit bigger on the ones that you know the best. And there's even the point where like, you just start filtering out the ones where you can't get the size that you want. And then I don't really have any regret about missing those trades because I'm like, well, it's it was it really worth my time. And in fact, you know, like at some point you don't even really need to trade every day or every month. You do need to satisfy the, <laughs> the trader tax status, but, uh, <laughs> Like in essence, uh, trading is, in my opinion, like the way, the reason why I got success in the first place is that I just like stuck to my one or two things and I just did them really well versus like trying to branch out too much. Yeah. So it's, it's literally, you've got one, one pattern, two patterns that you just, you've got them down, you know, the work, you know, how the work and you just trade them when they come. Yeah. And then you just uh scale up over time and then you see what you can do and then even that in of itself is like a whole another learning experience because like the scaling you have up to, yeah you have to learn kind of like what you can get away with and um what is uh possible really like there there are certain limitations when you're like let's say you're one shotting all your positions right um it doesn't happen for many traders uh, but at some point like you can't one shot every position so you have to start learning how to like scale and things like that but uh you know that's like way in the future it's just something that you do. like there are different levels to it so i feel like i'd rather get through all those levels that i need to and just kind of like on the side on the periphery i'm like watching things and i'll try i'll try different things you know um being a small cap guy still i'll i'll see the same kind of setups like in GameStop, AMC, things like that. And I'll dabble in them and, you know, like it actually works pretty well. So that gives me confidence in the future. And I know like I eventually do want to start like trading my patterns, but as far as I'm concerned, like as long as your patterns, like mostly liquid and scalable, um, why not just be really great at that? Cause, uh, I find it really hard sometimes emotionally, even though you know intellectually, like, oh, there are two different patterns. If if for some reason, like you didn't have a great day in terms of execution and you're trading too many different styles, it's like, 
it's so difficult not to emotionally feel like bogged down by that. Whereas like when you're focused on one thing, uh, one or two things, you can say like, okay, I know that I know what I did wrong there. And then you can kind of just like pick yourself back up real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's the less you do, the better you're going to be at what you do. Right. And yeah. So, so this is a question for both of you. What is the appropriate amount of patterns once if you do feel truly that you have mastered a pattern, do you just stay in that wheelhouse? Or is there at some point, especially if the market is not your agreeable to your pattern, do you want to, you know, go beyond? Uh, well, one thing that's really interesting and exciting as an idea is just to do the opposite when things aren't working well you know um there's so much potential just realizing that like there's a totally other side to your trade so I, in fact if you master one setup uh, presumably you can master the opposite side because there isn't wow. probably yeah, going true. to be an equal reaction yeah. um, so that's one thing and in fact like the long side has so much more opportunity for exponential gains because they don't have like a limit to how high it can go really um there's that but the main thing that i like to point out to people is that frequency is probably the main determinant in my eyes because like you can have a, a bomb setup but if it only happens once a month i've seen traders really just burn out from that i would say that you would want to at least populate your playbook with at least one setup per day um bar the times that are just like extremely slow and there's really nothing moving I think at least once per day, if you can achieve that amongst your setups, that's a good enough amount of setups to focus on because you're going to be able to interact with the market and just keep up to date rather than like, you know, just getting depressed because your setup's just not happening over and over and over again. And then the one time it does happen, you know, again, it's all probabilities, right? So even if you have a 90% chance to win, it happens once a month. If you lost on that 10%, the amount of doubt that will cascade over you is just ridiculous, especially if you don't have someone to pick you up or like who, who's been through that mentor or friend. It's, uh, it's so difficult. Yeah, I think, I think you definitely should be able to try and maybe pick at least one stock from the, the top percent gainers on that day. Like ideally, I mean, so I'm, I'm like, I'll always short, short, short first green day gap as find the weakest one try and try and take it if it's still holding by 10 30 i know i'm highly likely done for and i have to cut it but um but yeah i totally agree because you, you're never going to get those um amcs or the um the ev run or the the weed run you're never going to get those a plus plus parabolic shorts they're like they're like once every month once every two months so yeah that's that's my answer as well. I just say what Brian does through the same microphone that we've got the same microphone as well. I'm just literally copying Brian at stuff. <laughs> you see, he's probably somebody good to copy, Stephen. <laughs> no, I, I think we just, you know, um, it's honestly not that difficult. Like, there, I mean, it's difficult, but everyone's seeing the same thing. I think the differentiator between different traders is how their style between that pattern, because there's a big picture pattern, and then there's different traders trading in between those areas. They have different time frames. Um, you know, really, we're all trading and learning similar lessons. Like it all really comes down to the risk management aspect of it, and having the maturity to follow through with your plan no matter what. Because 
as long as you can follow through with your plan, then you're always able to pick up what's most needed to improve your trading. Um, the problem is when you you can't stick to your plan in those situations, it's like, you know, what are you doing here? You have to think like a professional, like a business. And it's like, I know that is really overblown or it's not specific enough, but if I had one specific advice for that, put a threshold on your account. And then every time you go over it, just like wire that money into your bank account. It's a business. Now you're paying yourself for profits rather than, um, you know, just letting it sit there and just, you know, why are we trading? We're trading for money. Number one, we're, some people are trading for freedom. Most of us are trading for freedom and the opportunity that it allows us. And if you don't allow yourself to experience those opportunities or, you know, reap the rewards of what you're doing, then uh, that is like, that you're not a professional. You're just here to gamble basically. Yeah, but I would I 100% agree with that as well. And, and it's a tough one because I see a lot of other traders like have accounts of 100,000 and 200,000 and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep my account at 30. And every time it gets to 40, I'm going to pull it back down to 30. And then one time I might let it go to 45, but I'll pull it back to 30. And it's, it's simply for the fact that I just don't trust myself that I'm not going to blow it up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's yeah. the truth, but I don't know how else to say it. It is. It is the truth. It that's what if it's in your account, it's up for grabs still from the market. Like one mistake can wipe you out. And it really, really helps to be able to check your bank account and be like, I'm gonna be fine no matter what happens. Or at least I can take care of myself for the next month, the next year, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like that helps so much as a trader because it's a a lot of it is mental and by having the security in yourself, you're able to trade um, without fear. And that, again, trading is all execution. So if you eliminate that fear aspect, then you're gonna be in the best position to succeed versus somebody who's like, I'm throwing my life savings in here. I need this to work. I quit my job. Like there, you're destined to fail or it's very difficult. You see that you see that a lot, but so what's what's your number one pattern in the in the shortcut markets that you absolutely love executing on? I used to love dilution a lot, and that yeah. and this was before COVID, where you could see a ton of overhead supply in the filings, and it was almost like a gimme because wow. you know they were just gonna like the pattern was so simple; it was literally just straight diagonal down, and the pops were always sold into, and it was just like okay, this is perfect; I can just hold this all day. And, you know, nowadays there's so much volume that you can assume that the supply is being eaten up on certain days, or you'll see these sharp reversals where like chat rooms come in or shorts are covering. And I think a lot of people got really rich uh, during 2020 and 2021. So like people are sizing up really big. And once the big traders start shorting and covering, like you see it on, you see it on the chart. And, um, you know, for that reason, those setups don't come around as often, but that would be like A plus plus. Like if you see a juicy ATM fresh on the day, it is not traded any volume beforehand. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, this is it, because you know they're gonna start unloading. Uh, so you mean <laughs> the effect the effect date is just literally come in. Yeah. That day. Those are the best. But uh, these days, it's really just the technical 
trades that that work the best because um you know even though the dynamic of the volume increasing has changed the way that we trade or the what stocks we interact with uh, at the same time just market dynamics are all the same it's supply and demand and at some point the buyers uh, are going to give up or they're going to get manipulated into giving up some one way or the other uh, it could happen for shorts as well and that happens a lot of the time where they're just squeezing us out for no reason um yeah. you know the way i see it is like i don't believe i can predict necessarily when things are going to work for me i just put on the risk and if it will allow me the opportunity i'm going to add into that and then hopefully that will create an imbalance where my winners are much bigger than my losers and if you uh study risk reward and the relationship to win rates you'll be able to see like based on your average stats like how much do you really need to win and then that gives you more security to just put on the risk um i don't see any problem with taking multiple small losses if the idea is that you're going to get a big reward out of it and sometimes it doesn't work so the max loss is the number one um tool for preventing yourself from over trading and getting emotional because inherently when you're able to take more losses you're going to uh, be more emotionally unstable and more prone to mistakes so um you know i think that once people understand that trading is not like pure win rate game they can stop getting so emotional when like a market maker or whoever swipes five day every single short besides like the people with no risk will yeah. get stopped out like it's just you have to do it and Step then it slams down. right back down and they take it personally you know like no matter how juicy your signal is or your entry criteria like that can always happen especially in the lower flow game so the sooner you take it less personally the better for your trading and if you can kind of uh mold your system around that in terms of risk reward and just like knowing like small losses are the way to go then the better off you will be in the end yeah i mean the last thing i'll say and i'll like can just jump back in but the way the way i've always kind of tried to shape it and tell me your thoughts on this is if i know i can get 15% on a setup like i'll always try and play the bigger picture on things if i know I'm, i can get 12 to 15% it's totally cool to take 3 2% losses or 2 2% losses mm-hmm. and a 3% loss doesn't matter because ultimately as long as the the win rate on the setup's more than 50% and your risk reward always works out with the cuts in it's it's a winning system it's just a case of how much size can you do it with that you can handle without it going out of control yeah 100% 100% what did you lean into brian when that 150k loss happened to you how how did you climb back up and out emotionally technically all of it So the thing that I'm grateful for is that I was instilled it was instilled early on into me that I need to focus on the process and my you know my systems and everything like that so I actually had a really good um mathematically sound system mathematically sound process it was pretty efficient and um throughout that year I had a really good consistency um I attributed that one loss to or those couple losses really to just the emotional hijacking um in those moments when i got just 
so out of control with like the size and everything like that. And um, I just knew that I, I had the right process. And if I could restart this over again, I could, I could do it. Like I knew that I could do it. This is one thing that was in my way. Uh, Max loss wasn't really on my radar at the time. So I spent a lot of time thinking of ways I could prevent this one scenario because this is ultimately the reason why I would fail um, versus all the good things that I've done and all the good habits I've built and all the studying I've done. So, you know, even today, I know that if I lost everything, I could, if I had just an account a little bit over PDT, I could do it again. And so that is the confidence in the skills that I acquired. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that carried me through. And I, at that point, if I didn't have an easy way in, I would have done anything to come back. Like everything I would have done would have been a means to an end to just get that account funded because I understood like it wasn't luck that got me there. It was just mm-hmm. a, a terrible situation that I feel like some traders are fortunate enough not to experience, but many, many great traders do actually experience that one moment that humbles them to the ground. Um, it's a story that's repeated throughout like trading mythology, you know, Jesse Livermore, that's all the great about, traders. Yeah. Just, yeah. They all yeah. market wizards, you know, a lot of the, yep. I really, you know, I didn't explain like how it actually happened, but um, if I just can go back to that, like yeah. on the trade, I was, I was dead wrong real quick. Like it spiked past my entry and I decided that instead of cutting that loss, because on that day I had a really big uh, risk compared to what I had before, because when you have like three, four R gains, like it's really easy to start skipping levels. And so I had a big risk on a day and um, it skipped past me. And, and the moments when the trades skip past you and you can't even stop out where you intended, that's where you start getting really emotional. So like yeah. these days, even on my calculators, when I plan a trade, I even, I, I have like minus one or two or three or four or five. So I know like at what price point I'm going to lose how much money exactly, even if it's outside of my plan. That helps me actually stay sane. Whereas like in that moment when I'm like, I'm just going to lose this much at this level and it spikes past that, that moment when it's unknown, that's when you start panicking. And if you can't control that, then you start, you know, freezing. So what happened is I, I averaged in again and my average was somewhere in the middle. It pulled back eventually throughout the day. I was like, I knew it. This was a piece of shit. And when you have averaging to, uh, into a loss, you have more shares, so you have more to gain. So like when it starts coming down, you're like, think about all, all the win. money you can make now. <laughs> big win it's coming. a big win. <laughs> For me, this is a big win. <laughs> so you stop accepting like break even at some point and you're like, what if I just let it go through one time? So you do that and then it, of course it starts reclaiming like, oh, I'm getting nervous. Goes through your break even, pops up even higher. Now you're super screwed. Because you've added to a loser, you start, you do it again. Maybe on prior trades, you got rewarded, like like Steven said, where you got rewarded maybe for this bad action. And you're like, what if I just do it again? You do it again, comes back to your break even. You're like, now I'm even like triple, quadruple size. And if it goes even just a little past my break even, it's going to be great. 
and then it rips again. And then they margin call you because uh, they have to, you know, take care of themselves. And, and that's basically how I blew up my account. Now, had I had a max loss, this is what I figured out later. They wouldn't even let me execute the trades when I want to, uh, you know, average down. And in that moment, when, when you realize like, there's nothing you can do left to fight, you start hitting acceptance sooner. So all you can do now is either let it balloon or cut it. But the fact that you have the option to bail yourself out time and time again, that is like, that's the one thing that will completely screw you over. And it, almost nobody that I looked up to or that I read about or I studied, nobody was talking about anything like that. So I literally had no idea that was even an option. And had I known, I feel like that would have had a really big impact on my trading just from the from the beginning. Um, just you once as a trader, once you start going to that frenzy where you start forgetting things, it's it's insane. Actually, here's one thing. When it was grinding against me and I averaged in as much as I could for my account, I actually just gave up. I went to sleep. Like I, yeah. I stepped away from the screen because I was like, what if I wake up? I'm so tired. I'm so drained. Like maybe I'll wake up and it'll, it'll die. But I, at this point, like I can't, I don't know. I don't know. When I woke up, it was just way higher. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my God. It'll come down tomorrow. Can it go it's, higher? Come down tomorrow. It's too much. Yeah. And, th- and that's, it sounds ridiculous for someone to like walk away when they're deep in the money red, but it actually happens a lot. Like that, that's something that happens to people who blow up. No, they no, decide no. to just let the fates do what it will, because that's all you got. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, honestly, and this, this happened to me fairly recently. So, so like I just passed a hundred thousand in profits and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I can't believe it. And then as such in a period of, of thinking I'd cracked the game that, um recently i lost i took a eighteen thousand loss and honestly by the end of the night I, w- I was down 10 grand on the ticker and i was like you know what it is i'm just gonna add a bunch more mm-hmm. into the clothes and just go to bed and just you know what it is whatever happens yeah. happens yeah. just whatever happens. i don't like i was like i don't even care anymore because i'm physically at the point where i can't cut the loss physically can't yeah so either blow up or i have a big win and of course i pretty much i got margin called in most of the position but but for me, the craziest, craziest thing is all of the big losses I've ever took. It's all from getting in too deep with too much size. Yeah. Because if you think, say for me, my average size of a trade is $4,000. That's it. Four, $5,000, two winners is $1,000 in a day. That's more than enough for me to have a good life, right? So if my average position is four to 5000 even if the stock was 100% against you, you, you're not even near blown up. Even if it goes 200% against you you're not you're not going to blow up so it's the it's the fatal mistake of just thinking fuck everything and throwing a bunch of size that you shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the worst mistake you can make ideally your broker can stop you and i think i mean it's great that you're aware that you need to keep your account at a certain level because like it could be so much worse honestly when you realize that you have more to work with i mean the you know, as much as, uh, you know, I'd love to say like, I'm super, I can achieve that super Zen state and I'm different than I was before. I, I really don't feel like I am that much different. Um, it's really just been the, the systems, the, 
little like but here is what's different brian you have (laughs) mitigated the fact that your humanity is going to hijack you that your physiology is going to hijack you and now you have those systems in place that is everything it's everything man yeah you just have to i i like to just plan ahead because like if you know this is part of trading maturity is like you trade for enough time, you realize like what things like really set you off, you know, <laughs> what your what your potential points of ruin are. Um, that is that's something to recognize. Um, but like I, I hope that it's not always that way. I want to like work on it. But like for the moment when when you're when you just need something to work, like you just have to figure out what you can do. <laughs> do, you, do you remember Tim Gratani was always saying he would trade and trade and trade, and he knew that if he didn't take time off, he'd just get bent out and take take a massive loss. So it'd actually be more beneficial. And do you not feel the same though that you'll start habits, bad habits will start slipping, and it's better to just walk for a week or something like that? I haven't been able to do it, but I'm just curious for you. Kim would like me to do that, but like <laughs> right now, I. Uh, I like getting back into the game because I feel like as a systematic trader and you'll hear like turtle traders talk about it, Jerry Parker, like every trade that you don't take within system is going to be like brutal for your system. So like, yeah, to me, I just want to position size appropriately so that each trade doesn't really impact me too much. And that like, I just let it play out because the thing is I've learned that after some of my biggest losses have come my biggest gains because like those are the extreme like crazy moves and one of those was uh like the GameStop it wasn't just it wasn't a big loss on the name like in this particular day it's just like as it's climbing higher and higher and higher you're like well yeah man that's I can't win anything but the day that it the day that it worked I just nailed it and yeah um you know part of me like wants to stick around for that yeah uh, i think it's just built into the system where i know like you know if, if i have a max loss day let's say like minus 10r if my system can produce like a 13 14 r day um i know i can make it back so that's really helpful for me to always like keep in the back of my mind um so i'm not afraid to attack the market and um, really just like through experience through doing this for so long i i, re- I realized that um even though the losses suck if you have a positive risk reward relationship over the course of thousands ten thousands of trades you know it's in your favor and you just have to keep thinking about that like big picture again just like yeah. as, as long as, as, long as you do what system. you need to do as long as you stick as long as you do yeah. Yeah. It, it, just execute properly. And it'll work out no matter what. Mm-hmm. As like cocky as it is to say, like it is actually like super in your favor. It's it's basically like being the casino. Traders use that a lot. Um, the more hands that get played, the it's almost inevitable that the house will win. And that's yeah. how I feel as a trader. That's like the confidence I have um, in my system. How many years have you been at it, Brian? Uh, I'm almost I'm coming on like five now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't ask you that we should have? Uh, I think you guys did pretty good. Okay. Steven, any other last questions? 
no it's just it's it's just it's nice to speak with someone who um started similar times and stuff like that we started similar times um so were you full-time from the start brian yeah full-time yeah but no it's same started similar times found out similar things obviously brian's excelled much faster than i have but um it's, it's all the same lessons well you know Stephen, it's it's like i'm i'm familiar with your story because i did follow you um your journey like youtube and i know like you were still working on the side and like you know we all have different trajectories and different starting points and we also have different journeys as well and no matter who you are like even myself i have i have a lot of uh, jealousy you know or like i'm i have com- competition with people who don't even know i'm competing with them really uh, on social media and for me like the biggest thing that helps is to just ignore uh, like, yeah, lit- like literally mute uh, just not be aware of it uh, it doesn't solve like the problem with me but at least um it allows me to focus on myself and you know trading is just such a personal journey everyone has different trials and tribulations and i feel like the fact that you're this far in and that you're still you know serious and focused about it like for a lot of people it's just inevitable i feel like to reach the level of success they want as long as they don't give up and as long as they don't and they manage the risk properly like you know, you're, you're past that threshold of not knowing what you're doing, not going through the emotional struggles. And like, you know, even just having this loss today, like I guarantee you're going to not even blink an eye about it in the future, as long as you, you know, really take it to heart and understand like, this is just part of the journey. And like, trading in it in of itself is just so rewarding it's more rewarding than i can imagine like most occupations really because the opportunities are so endless and like the ability just to make sheer amount of money is just ridiculous um you know i think that most people need to recognize like even traders as sincere as maybe i come across or their favorite guru whatever we all portray the best version of ourselves on social media and you know like i didn't post like a monthly recap when i was like feeling crappy and i didn't really say anything about it i just talked with my friends about it and i know like so many people who have had hard times who like don't say a word and so it's just so dangerous to constantly compare yourself to others i really hope that you can just like make sure like i know it's difficult because you're the public eye but like it is such a personal journey and like I really, you shouldn't feel bad about it at all. Like, no, I think no. you know what's best for you. No, that 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 loss was a, a few weeks back, and and honestly, the the main learning was uh, just just get get rid of everyone, get rid of everything around you, and make sure that system is the best system it can be. Make sure that the the reward is you're getting the most reward for the most risk. Make sure the probabilities are all working out, and make sure you're executing well, and nothing else matters. And then try and manage your risk and scale it up and scale it up. And now you, you learn that. And but no, I'm I'm for me, I'm super excited for the for the years ahead. It's it's a wonderful game. It's it's a wonderful game. It's a wonderful game to get paid to do. It, but it really what? is. It's a wonderful game. Like it's it's a really wonderful game. It's also really painful and can be very frustrating. 
but uh in your case i just want to ask you what like did you not have a max loss on that day or what so with i'm not sure what broker you're with but for me the main the main large account broker i've got is speed trader mm-hmm. um and i've got maybe a thousand max loss realized but once once that thousand or i had 1500 because i've been running well but so you can take three losses of $300. And then when I know I'm going to hit that realize, I'm like, well, I'm not going to take that yeah. because I'm going to be stopped out for the day. And I think, well, I'll just add and bring it down. So, but I don't know if you've got the capacity to, to be your max loss unrealized or realized. So I do. So is it by choice that's only realized or? Yeah, no, it's realize? by, not by choice. No, obviously okay. if I could like be hit at a level, cause I know trade zero, you get hit at a level, but yeah, trade zero. Um, yeah, I do. So I have it unrealized so that like it stops me uh, before I can make the mistake. And then I also have a, a daily loss limit. So that also is on top of it so that it can't get too crazy. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I know that it's not hard for you to just email your broker or call them or whatever and be like, hey, take it off. <laughs> but you have to be able to also think ahead. Um, like people who have that problem um one of the things that i really really think about is from atomic habits by james clear it's like if you want to avoid you know some certain situation you need to make it more difficult than it is easy so like i have a friend who downloaded an app that like locks his yeah his email down during trading days or like i said you know put your phone away put in your car um you know just do you have to like no matter how ridiculous it seems i feel like there's there's something that we can all think about and there are steps we can take to just make it as difficult as humanly possible to break yeah. our rules, even though they can be broken. Yeah, and no, Cause like, I'm not ringing the broker up and being like, I would be too embarrassed. Like I, there's no way I'm ringing them up and being like, Oh, by good. the way, can you that's just great. take, I would be too embarrassed. I'd say, I'll just, I'd rather eat a thousand dollars than ring them up and ask them to take it off. But for an email, it's easy to just send an email and just say, oh, will you put this back this flat? Mm-hmm. putting the friction lots of friction in between lots. you and you're breaking that rule the more friction the better because by because at some point in the midst of all those layers of friction you wake up and be like what am i doing yeah <laughs> yeah but no an unrealized loss is huge though if, if you've got a broker that can take you out unrealized at a certain level it's it's really good yeah i mean um Sorry, I don't want to make it go too long, but like, it's not that they take you out necessarily. It's just like you can't make it worse by like adding to it. Oh, and really? I think, yeah, and I think that when that happens, it, it's that acceptance feeling. You you realize you have to cut it. And yeah, like one perfect. thing that I stuck by, one thing I stuck by is just always really important is like, no matter what. Even if it goes against me like insane amount, like if it just parabolics or shoots through my wrist, uh, you have to cut it no matter what. Just no, there's no pullback, there's nothing. You just have to hit it yeah. uh, at all costs, and that's something that really just saved my ass in many situations. And uh, you know, combining that with the max loss, that's been like really critical for me. So I feel like, you know, if that's something that your broker is not allowing you to do, if they don't have the capability, and I know since you're not in the U.S., like it's more difficult. Um, like that might be the best investment for yourself is to actually take the time to find a broker like 
trade zero potentially yeah. that can do that that might be the reason why you're not able to like match your expectations for yourself or like your potential that you know that you have yeah i use trade zero as well but maybe it's a case of where where most of the funds are mm. mm -hmm. brian thank you this was an amazing conversation i'm so happy that you came on today is there anything Stephen, that we need to ask brian about before we go no not from me i think that was pretty pretty in depth pretty good chat. Okay. okay good and again please we're going to put these in the liner notes watch brian's youtube channel there's just so much incredible information on it and even that chat with traders interview even though it's uh not very recent it's also going to give you so much wisdom it's jam-packed and brian's interview with ray and jj is phenomenal on confessions of a market maker are there other podcasts of yours that you've done that you really love brian that you feel represent you of course i Kim's podcast, Wall Street Coach. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> well, look. I, so I wasn't, thing, I wasn't, I wasn't like putting that on. I just no, no, no. Thank the you. The thing about it is that I, we talked about different things, which I really liked. You know, you don't want, the, the worst thing you can do is just go on an interview and say the exact same thing that you said the next interview. So I feel like if you put them all together, you're going to get a more complete picture, especially if it's interesting to you. So like, you know, my final words would be just, if you can somehow navigate to my Twitter, like I know some people don't have Twitter accounts, but if you can go to twitter.com slash Brian Lee trades in my pinned post at the top, I have a link that will show you all my important information, the YouTube, the interviews, the blogs. And from that point, you can start learning more. And I try to make it as easy as possible for everyone to just kind of like see all the resources available. So you don't have to dig through it. And then that's where you're going to get the most value and the most information. It's all free, obviously. That's awesome. That's what we'll do. We'll put that in the liner notes as well, that link that's in your Twitter handle for sure. And if you're not following uh, Brian on Twitter, you better get to it because you're missing a lot of jewels. You drop a lot of jewels that are not just applicable to trading, but also applicable to life, Brian. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for watching the Steady Trade Podcast. If you have any comments, please put them. We read all of them. And uh, let us know who and what you want us to keep talking about on this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next one.